D-S-N-Y. Just um, when we start, we just hit record and then whatever conversation we're having, we just continue that conversation until I introduce the podcast. Uh, we had Keith McPherson on a few weeks ago and we were talking to him for like nine minutes before he realized we were recording. And he was just like, yeah, like if you guys want to like throw that in the pod, we can figure out a, work, a way to work that in. And we're like, oh, well, Keith, we've been we've been on for like almost 10 minutes already. Yeah, I'm sure that was quite we've a surprise. Mistakes. We've made mistakes before, but you know what? We're not going to do that again. <laughs> we also have a very early sighting of Allison's cat. It's usually about the 20-minute mark that her cat, Tori, hops on the podcast, and apparently it's off the jump this time. And literally hops on the podcast. She will hop right on my computer and just walk across the screen for a solid five minutes and then disappear for the rest of the time. Yeah, fortunately, I don't have the video, as you guys can see, but every week my cat Apollo makes an appearance by bumping her head into the microphone or just doing anything she possibly can to sort of knock me off track when I'm in a train of thought. They just want attention. It's okay. I know, because the the other 23 hours of the day that I give her attention just isn't enough. She's like, I don't think <laughs> so. You're not paying attention to this podcast. And especially right. now with everyone being home all the time. It's like, I think you're getting enough attention from me. My literal only purpose in life right now is to give you attention. Yeah, seriously, she'll bump my hand off the mouse when I'm working at our kitchen table. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Oh, sorry. Are you kidding me? Oh, no, you can swear. It's okay. Yeah, yeah totally fine. <laughs> totally fine. Totally acceptable. Uh, yeah, I, I ripped off a few last week, uh, which is not great. And James warned me in advance, too. He was like, you know what? I'm, I'm about to get hot and bothered, like, on this podcast today. And so, honestly, when that happens, you just got to go with it. Just let it go. All right, good. I mean, if you guys listen to my podcast at all, I usually don't have any trouble with that. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. And that's, you know what it was. Let me introduce this really quick before we get into it. This is episode 57, the Chad Green episode of the Bleacher <laughs> Creatures podcast presented by Elite Sports New York, Crossing Broad, and Warwick Gaming. As always, brought to you by Rivercrest NYC. Emily, I don't know if you're a New York person, but there's a bar in, in Astoria called Rivercrest NYC. That's amazing. You should check it out if you're ever up there. I definitely will. Uh, I, never, I don't really go there that often, but now that I've been cooped up in my house for so long, I'm kind of feeling maybe traveling out a little bit beyond Bayshore where I live. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a hassle to get up there, but like definitely worth it if you finally do. Keep that in mind. So I briefly want to just say that also we have another special uh, sponsor of this podcast. Today's podcast is brought oh to you boy. by Estrogen because the females are taking over. I'm so sorry, James, but you're stuck with us. <laughs> <laughs> As he's joking over there. I didn't, I didn't see that coming at all. Me either. I was like, wow. I was not prepared for that. Sponsor? Amazing. Special sponsor today. So, um, I just want to quick hype up our guest for today. Um, did, you didn't even introduce Emily, did you? You kind of did. Half half introduced. Okay. You know, we fly off the cuff here. You know that. Yeah, this is true. So, um, our guest today is Emily Nyman. Awesome Twitter follow. If you haven't followed her yet, I believe it's at MSheDoesIt. Is that right? That's right. Perfect. And she does it on Twitter. Um, she also has her own podcast now, too, which is awesome. I just listened to a couple episodes today, and I've really been enjoying it, um, called Breaking Balls. And the picture for the podcast is Garrett Cole holding up a sign that says Breaking Balls. So obviously, you know it's good, right? Nailed it. Yes, exactly. So welcome, Emily. Thanks for coming on today. Thanks for having me. I'm honored. So, Emily, we got the highest possible recommendation of you uh i guess it was two weeks ago from our buddy max greenfield who's our official numbers person he's we like to shoot off the cuff and just talk about like what's going on in yankee land but when we need to hear some actual numbers we go to max greenfield that's our numbers guy and he had a glowing recommendation for you i did i actually listened to that episode it was great and uh I certainly wasn't expecting that um, glowing recommendation from Max, but I got to say, I was pretty psyched to hear it because 
Max is one of my favorite follows and he's one of my favorite interactions on Twitter. So I was, uh, I was definitely psyched to hear that one. It was really nice. Yeah. He's our honorary fourth co-host. Uh, the third being Allison's cat, obviously, <laughs> but he's up there. Number four. That's not bad. No, not at all. Absolutely. Yeah, I so. like Max. <laughs> so what's going on in Yankees world this week? Because uh, there's been nothing. Yeah, not oh, yeah, much. Aaron Judge. Yeah. Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge. His girlfriend. DUI or whatever. Oh, I yeah, heard that, that was right. We've gone extreme, we've gone into like TMZ land. An extreme DUI is what it was uh labeled as by the New York Post, which I saw and immediately said, ooh, just cringed. Because you know Aaron Judge is probably one of the greatest human beings I've ever seen on this earth. And you know, that's that's tough. I mean, what's gonna happen? And I feel bad because, first of all, the extreme DUI thing was kind of weird. Like, and I love how it was quoted because I guess someone had said it, but in the article, it's just like still just quoted, not really attributing the quote to anybody in particular. So it's like, what exactly is an extreme DUI that I guess they like, why not just say what her blood alcohol content is? Like, it was just so typical New York Post to have that sort of headline. And I just, I, Poor judge. Nothing's going on. His rib is in healing and his girlfriend's drunk behind the wheel. I mean, guy can't catch a break. Not a good week. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. And the, the whole thing, the update on Aaron Judge's injury, you know, uh, has been really, really disconcerting because that is something that he's had now had extra time to heal. And obviously you can't rush something like a broken rib or anything like that. You, you just can't. But the fact of the matter is, you know, if we had started the season you know, when the season was supposed to begin back at late March, like he still wouldn't be playing. And that's scary. Yeah, that is, it's, um, it's hard to say. Cause obviously, you know, I'm no medical professional by any means. I've broken bones and I've broken a rib, but with the rib, I don't, I don't remember when it, since it was a fairly clean break, like I didn't have to go with any follow-up doctors where these pros they're going to follow up appointments constantly because their moneymaker is their body. So I can't, I mean, I don't know. Do you guys have any other insight? Because for me, it's like maybe the rib does take this long to heal and just that someone like me or, or a regular person isn't going to get it re-x-rayed five different times over the course of like a six-month period. So I don't really know what the expectation is, to be honest. Right. I mean, I've personally never broken a bone, um, knock on wood, but uh, I, I've had like a, well, I guess I've had a stress fracture. So in a way, sure, but not quite as intense. Um, and honestly, you know, I just don't, I don't know. It, it all seems very peculiar to me. It almost reminds me of last year when they basically swept a ton of things under the rug. So I'm wondering if there was potentially something else going on. And, you know, they really just didn't look at it. Like, this brings me back to looking at the training staff again and really taking a look and seeing, are, are they any good? Like, Last year, we kind of knew that things were not so good in that aspect. But um, you would expect a fractured rib, obviously, to to heal in the right timeline. And I don't think that timeline is however many months it's been. It's been far too long. So yeah, I'm a little concerned about this. Yeah, it's, it just um, goes back to our, our favorite saying, under promise, over deliver. Just tell us that Judge is going to be out for the whole season. And then in middle of July, you're like, actually, he's fine. So he can go tomorrow. Yeah, I think that's probably a good idea. And what's weird is that, you know, I feel like I'm not sure what the deal is as far as like HIPAA laws and teams and what they're actually allowed to sort of let the press know about a person, a uh, player's medical history and or their condition. But I feel like it behooves the franchise to sort of let everything out of the bag because nothing gets uh, the fans on like a player making saying that they make too much or, you know, oh, don't re-sign this guy quite like injuries. So I feel like it would work in the franchise's favor to sort of out all of his medical issues. So that way they have an excuse to sort of lowball him and the pressure from the fan base isn't as great as it would be if they think he's healthy as a horse and that Aaron judge that everyone loves. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely a good point too. Um, yeah. I don't really know the rules in, in terms of HIPAA and things like that. Um, I work in the healthcare field too, but like just, 
I never really thought of it in terms of athletes. You know, I just, I always expected as bad as this sounds that like the fans and the reporters should know everything that's going on, but there might be other instances that, you know, you're not necessarily going to talk about or reveal to everyone. And it could be for, you know, the reason that you were explaining, or it could just be for their privacy itself. Um, you know, I don't really know. I'm sure they have some control over what gets released and what doesn't get released. Like I'm sure Aaron judge with everybody knows he's injured. So he says, Hey, like, this is what I have. You guys can let everybody know. Or like if there was something he didn't want people to know, he'd probably just go to the doctor and he wouldn't tell anyone besides maybe the Yankees. But like, it's not, it's nobody's business. Right. It kind of is. <laughs> it is. But like, if it's not, a, if it's not something that's going to like keep him off the field, it's nobody's business. Like what he's going to the doctor for. It is when it's like, Hey, I can't do my job. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we're just so nosy. I mean, fans want to know everything that's going on at all times. And you mean, I, I totally understand. I'm a fan myself. I get that. Like, if someone's not starting, I want to know why. Why does Brett Gardner have a day off? Why is Gary Sanchez getting the day off? Is he hurt again? Does he have his hamstring problems again? Like, you know, this is stuff that I want to know. So, yeah, I can see where you're coming from. But at the same time, I'm just like... I want to know. And not for nefarious reasons. Just because I'm actually consider isn't that a good word to use nefarious wow <laughs> yeah well i i took out my thesaurus today and just you know got rolling so um but not for bad reasons i just kind of want to know because i i i care about them and i'm watching them every day and if i don't see them all of a sudden for a couple games in a row i want to know what's going on yeah i think that's fair I, especially because that's sort of like a, a key component that drives the engine as far as fandom is concerned that having fans that are heavily invested in your team is what sort of keeps that that revenue stream rolling for teams as far as like merchandise and people interested in your team so that is why they let us in on all the ins and outs for the most part of the team because it, that's what keeps us interested because the game in its in and of itself can be a little dry so they have to sort of like and that's like the personality we get. The guys, they can't bat flip. They can't do anything on the field. But the personality is like, well, he's got a, a bum groin. So that's like what we know about Gary Sanchez. And, you know, this one's got a broken rib. That's it. Right. And actually, that's interesting you mentioned that. Um, I was telling James when I was at spring training before it got canceled, um, I was at a game and these gentlemen behind me at this Orioles game were asking each other they're like oh why isn't Gary Sanchez playing why didn't he do this and I was like oh my god I know the answer but like I feel like I can't just turn around and tell them but you know it's it's good to know that kind of stuff and I was like oh by the way he's hurt his back is hurting right now and they were like oh okay but I knew it I knew the answer I'm that person too Allison don't worry <laughs> I've done that at like Ducks games Long Island Ducks games too I'm like oh well funny that you asked well so I'm that person too <laughs> I didn't ask you and I'm two rows behind you, but okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, we're all sitting with each other. It's kind of like we're there right. together in the crowd. So if you're going to talk and I hear it, I'm going to feel compelled to respond just like I do online and in every other interaction in my life. So I can 100% relate. 100%. I'm trying to respond way less online. Whenever, whenever I respond to something online, it just leads to a Twitter fight. And I hate Twitter fights, but I just... I keep finding myself in them. Yeah, sometimes you just can't. You can't resist. Like, and like, I'll try to resist, but then I guess I, I feel like I have like the proverbial, like all of a sudden, like my superhero alpha goes on. I'm like, I have to respond to this though, for the people's sake. I don't know who's gonna see this, but no, no the one people need to know that's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And obviously, I'm always right. So. <laughs> Well, hey, that's good to know. Because, I mean, I don't stand for any, like, Luis Sessa slander or Brett Gardner slander. No chance. And actually, one of the topics I wanted to bring up today was um, with Emily on especially. I was interested in knowing um, her thoughts in, in general on Gary Sanchez. Because Gary Sanchez, um, obviously, you know, great player. The numbers weren't as great um, last year. The injuries are a problem. However, um, this week he also was posting Gary things and I just loved it. He was posting his own highlights, like what a flex, um, doing great things there. And then also retweeting all these kids who were celebrating their birthdays and just wanted a happy birthday from Gary Sanchez. And actually today on Instagram, he uh, reposted and uh, I think it was a commissioned drawing of Gary Sanchez from a woman who is in Rochester. 
and he reposted it on his story and she like gained all these followers and good guy Gary we love good guy Gary but on the field Miss Emily what are you thinking about uh, Gary Sanchez and his future with the Yankees I mean, I think his future with the Yankees is, and a lot of people I'm sure aren't going to really like this or agree with it, but I think that his future is pretty secure. Like, I don't really see yes. a, a scenario where he's going anywhere. I mean, he is, I feel like what he has working against him, especially when guys get pulled up and they're fairly young. And then also he's got like an older looking face. Like he doesn't have a baby face sort of like labor does. So it gives this, this um, belief that he's like 29, I think. And it's like, well, he's not that old and he's got time and a groin is a difficult injury to recover from. And I think, you know, that maybe they sort of rushed him a little bit and he came back a little too soon. And that's why I was nagging on him. So and when you have a lineup, especially the Yankees and, you know, last year, that's so deep that you have you can sit him. He's not making any money, everybody. Like everyone acts like as if he's making 40 million dollars a year. It's like, no, they can sit him because they have a lot of depth. They don't need to play him every single day if they're leading the division by fucking t 10 games. So I think that he stays put. I don't see a scenario where they really get rid of him. I love it. Love it. Yeah, James is so happy right now. He's been waiting for someone to uh, to finally agree with him because I think a lot of those fights you've been getting in on Twitter are regarding Gary Sanchez. Is that correct? Yeah, partially. But it's more it's more fights along the lines of people just like say stupid things. Like they'll say, Hey, like we should trade Gary Sanchez for JT Real Muto. Uh, well, what first of all, why? Second of all, what would be the Phillies motivation to move Real Muto? They like him at catcher. They want to keep him. Like, why would they want to trade him to us? Because we want him. That just makes no sense. People just don't understand how these things happen, and then it turns into, oh, well, Gary's a fat, lazy slob. Like, I can promise you, a professional athlete is not a fat, lazy slob. It is literally impossible to be a professional athlete if you are a fat, lazy slob. The amount of work it takes to get to that level is just, you can't, you have to work. It's impossible not to. I couldn't agree with you more, especially at his level where. He hasn't reached free agency yet. What is the incentive for the Yankees? They ha they literally have control over him. So yeah, they pay him nothing. Right. And it's like, if he's fat and lazy and a slob on top of it, they're going to fucking demote him and they're going to put somebody in his place. And I'm, I've ranted about this many a time with on Twitter and on a podcast that people just, they cannot wrap their brains around the sort of work ethic and the sort of discipline that is involved from someone who's at the time being very young to make it eventually to be one of the 750 best players in the world and the sort of work involved in maintaining at that level because there are a lot of people that are trying to take that spot from him a lot, especially before he really reaches free agency where he's locked in. So it's like people that say that, it's because they're fucking clueless. Sorry. Sorry, everyone who's listening. If you say that, you're, you sound clueless. That's fine. If we have any Gary Sanchez haters listening, I'll let them walk. It's fine. They can walk. <laughs> I feel like that's why you guys brought me on. You knew that I would scare away certain people just because I would be saying stupid stuff like this. I did. No, I'm my actual. Challenging them. <laughs> I, I had the idea when I was listening to your podcast last week about the labor discussions. And I was like, oh, this is right in line with my thinking. Like, this is someone I want to have come on the podcast and say exactly the same thing that I said last week. <laughs> Don't you just love that kind of validation? I do the same. That's why my cousin is now on my show. Cause I'm like, John, you and I have a lot of similar opinions. You want to just come on and validate each other every single week? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, Gary Sanchez, big topic, uh, especially now that there's really no baseball going on. Everyone's just talking about, okay, well, what's going to happen next offseason? Like, ah, it's it's exhausting. It really is. Yeah, and it's like, uh, next offseason, who knows? Like, are you kidding me? That's so long from now. There's so much that is going to happen between now and then. So that's why it's like I've just been cycling back to sort of talking about, like, you know, Issues like the days of yore, you know, steroids and labor disputes from the past and all these other things, because as far as the future, it's so uncertain right now that it's like, who knows what's going to happen next February? Like, who the who knows? Right. Things could change so drastically. And, you know, the, the sport as a whole can can change. I mean, I know they're obviously proposing different plans, like my personal favorite, the no spitting rule. 
which I oh, think is just like so hilarious. <laughs> the whole list was absurd. It was like a multi-tweet list from I think like John Heyman. And it was just like baseball will be back, but without, and it just listed like no high fives, no fist bumps, no spitting. No, it was just okay. Like this isn't just ba- this isn't baseball at this point. Well, let's now just put guys- robots out there and see what happens. Like that's basically what we're going for. This is just an elaborate ruse to get in the robot umps. So like, all right, move it, all robots it truly in. Is. Like, how convenient is this for um, for Rob Manfred to be like, yeah, this is a project we've been working on for years and we're trying to find the right avenue to put it into the game. And lo and behold, we can't have people in the game anymore. So perfect time to, to uh, test out my invention. My invention. He's the one who invented them. That's even oh, more absolutely. hilarious. I'm just like it. at home screwing robots together. He's a Lemoyne grad. Of course he invented it. That was my college. That's why I got to say that. I was going to say, did you go to Lemoyne? I did. Yes, (laughs) I did. I did. But yeah, I mean, there's like, there's so many rules out there, which, you know, you got to balance it out. It's like, do you really want baseball back? It's obviously not going to be the same, same thing you're used to. It's going to be something completely different, but it might be a lot of fun and interesting. I actually have, I'm agreeing with that as well, that, um, I sort of, cause you know, I, the game is so based on like a long, a large sample size. So I feel like cutting down can really make things interesting as far as like a, a playoff situation and a world series champion that I kind of like the idea that a team that may not really have the stamina to sort of maintain a certain pace for 162 games. You're going to have some teams that, you know, that finish with 80 wins that usually that are now, I mean, barring last year's world champions, they had like 89 wins, but you're going to have teams that are usually sort of like in the middle, have a real shot this year. And I think that that's fun because this game can be sort of stale sometimes where I think that it would be fun to see a team like the Rockies win or whatever, something like that, you know, like that would just be fun. And I, I would count it. People saying that it wouldn't count. I think are sound a little foolish and silly. So it would absolutely count because every team has the same sort of constraints. They're playing with the same schedule. So I think I agree with that, Allison. The Blue Jays, that's my team. That's the one that I'm like, if there's any team that's going to make some kind of unlikely run and just they happen to win five games that the other team doesn't out of only 80 games, like it's the Blue Jays. Yeah, I I can see that. They're, They're coming up. They'll be some, they'll be formidable if they keep that little core of players too. I'm looking forward to the future with them becoming a little bit more competitive again. Oh, yeah. They're so much fun to watch. I agree. Yeah. They are. And um, I, I guess that's a that's an interesting question to bring up, too, is like those teams that were either in the middle or kind of in the bottom tier, you know, of those teams, what team would you be rooting for if it wasn't obviously the Yankees to win the World Series? Like, who would you want to see win in a shortened season? Because like you bring up the Rockies really just made me so happy. Like, I would love for Nolan Arenado to actually win a championship. Like, he deserves it. I love that guy. I love Trevor Story. Like, real good team over there. I would love to see that happen. Same thing. DJ LeMay, he would be like, what the fuck? I was just there for my whole career. Guys. (laughs) Yeah, not fair. I would love the Rockies. I mean, this one's way more of a long shot than the Rockies, but I do love uh, what's going on over in San Diego. I would love to see the Padres sneak in and take one. That would be hilarious. That's another um, really fun team. Right? Like, I, w- I watched a lot of the Padres and Dodgers and Angels games last year because, excuse me, after the Yankees game would be over, I had the MLB TV, and I, I'm so glad I did it last year because not knowing that there would be no baseball this year, but I was not able to get enough baseball last year, so I would watch the West Coast games, so I ended up watching those three teams the most. And they were a lot of fun. I mean... I really like the Dodgers, but I actually think it would be funny to see them not win again this year. Like, I still would enjoy, I would, but I hope that if they make it, that they lose to like a team like the Blue Jays. Like, that would just be so amazing and poetic to me that it would, it would just be too much. The Dodgers need a win so badly after <laughs> so bad. 17 and 18, like the way that they got fucked out of, out of a championship. It's just, ugh. They, 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 they deserve it. That's the fact is they deserve it. They should have won both those years, and it oh, just yeah. sucks they, that they didn't. They entered those series being the – well, honestly, the Red Sox are probably the better team um, in 18. Yeah, maybe they shouldn't have won 18. They definitely yeah. should have won 17. Right, exactly. But, man, like, how can you get someone freaking lucky? Like, it's ridiculous. They should have won. Oh, sorry. I can't. I just can't. I can't with this. 
the Dodgers, the poor Dodgers. I, how do I feel bad for the Dodgers? Yeah, I don't know how you do because I would love to see them win and be great because I do like a lot of Dodger fans that I interact with. But ever since the like the 2015 playoffs and everything, you know, that magical Mets run from after the All-Star game all the way through the World Series, that was a lot of fun because I'm, I'm almost a lone Yankee fan among my family and my brothers and all of their friends were all Mets fans. So that was really exciting and a really fun time to watch with all of them. That National League Divisional Series, when they beat the Dodgers in five games, ever since then, it's sort of become like a punchline at this point. Like, they should have won. They, there's no way they should have been knocked out that early then. And then it's just been that every single year. And now it's almost it's almost gone too far for them to win, I feel like. that They're just going to keep on tripping over the finish line and then start back at zero again until they just run out. The guys get too old and then they break up the team. Sorry, you know, Dodgers fans, if anyone's listening. <laughs> you know, one of the other teams that I was thinking of, too, that I didn't even cross my mind in the beginning was um, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Well, you know, however many names they want to have. But, you know, having a shortened season could actually be a huge benefit to them because they got Otani coming back. They don't have to worry about him overworking himself necessarily. I mean, that might be a good thing for them. And Mike Trout could finally win a title. And they have Rendon now, too. Right, exactly. That could honestly be a, a really good opportunity for them. And poor Mike Trout. I love Mike Trout. Greatest player in baseball. But, oh, man, he messed up. He messed up. I know. I feel for him. I feel in two ways. Because, like, I would love to see them win. But so many people, their only holdout argument against Trout uh, being as dominant as he is, is that, oh, well, he doesn't have any rings. I as hate if that, that. matters. I, it's, it makes no sense in a sport like this. It makes zero sense. But I feel like even if they won this, it would then be, oh, well, they won on 60 games or whatever it is. And I, I almost just don't even want that at all. Well, it's like who anyone who wins is going to get that. People are just going to be sure. like, yeah, well, it wasn't a real season. So, eh. you know, especially if the Yankees win. Oh, especially it's going to be a nightmare. It's right. going to be an it's absolute nightmare if the Yankees win this year. Right. Because then people are going to be like, oh, you wasted your prime years on a 64 win season. You know, something like that. Just because people are ridiculous. It's insane. But, you know, it doesn't feel like it's going to be a real baseball season, which really, really sucks. But at the same time, like. I am really excited for this kind of different type of competition. If it does, you know, come back, obviously they're still kind of working through the kinks, but um, it's honestly, it's baseball and I want it now. Agreed. I can't get into any of the Asian baseball and I'm, I'm a night owl, but I still like staying up until 1am and then the game starts at 1am. Like I just playing, watching a bunch of guys. I just don't know. And I don't really have any interest in getting to know either, especially once, MLB starts so I really would really love some baseball as long as the players are okay and they agree to whatever sort of proposal is put in front of them in my opinion then um play I'm all for them playing ball yeah watching the KBO has not really been all that worth it so far just because like I'll watch the replays the next morning and by that point I've probably found out who won already but it's like ESPN has this absurd talent for picking blowout games and then like all the games are decided before the third inning and then for the rest of the game they're just doing like terrible interviews really terrible interviews that make the entire thing unwatchable and it's just it's like a rough experience but i i need baseball in my life so i need to keep watching what for punishment huh yeah basically no, uh, James and I talked a little bit about uh, about that too, the the Korean Baseball League. And, you know, it's it's interesting to watch, but um, at the same time, you're really not seeing quite like you are in the MLB, the home runs, the, you know, that type of, that type of thing. It's more singles, doubles, you know, kind of just meh. And the bullpens are meh. Um, so it's, it's definitely different and it'll, it'll do for now. And actually I'm subconsciously waking up at like five in the morning every morning and I... <laughs> I wake up and I can't go back to sleep. And I'm like, why am I awake? I think it's Korean baseball. I think it's waking me up. It's calling to me. Awaking, awakening the sleeping giant. I know that exactly. wasn't Korean. That was Japanese, but Asian baseball. Yeah, close enough. I got the reference. <laughs> and it's it's funny because, and that's a thing, and, and no disrespect meant here, but the well, it's not as talented. So that's why it's not as compelling. You know, it's like, I don't watch 
I'm not watching minor league games really during the season. I'm not, I'll go to a ducks game and independent league here or there, but it's the same thing with the, with the Asian baseball leagues that the bottom line is all the best players are pilfered by major league baseball. So then when you watch those other leagues, the novelty wears off really quickly because then you're real, then you really can see like there's a gap there in talent as far as major league baseball is concerned and literally any other league in the world. So after like a week or two, it's like, eh, all right, this kind of sucks. Yeah, we brought that up last week, actually, that uh, Bill James got in hot water because he said, like, well, if the players go on strike, just like go with replacement players because the talent will even out. So the product will be the same. But it's not. It's just not the same because, you know, you can go to a, a beer league baseball tournament and see somebody throwing 88 miles per hour down the middle. Like, I don't want that guy playing in the MLB for the Yankees. I want to see Garrett Cole dotting 100 on the fucking black for eight innings. Like, that's why I go to see a game. I don't go to see somebody who I could get a hit off of. I kind of said that. I, I touched on this last week on my show as well. That, And for that same reason that James said, that basically fans have now become, we've become so conditioned to seeing, you know, all the guys, you, you don't realize how big they are because they're all big in relation to each other. And you don't realize how hard the ball is being thrown or how fast the, they're moving and things are going because the talent is relative. They are all really, really good. So... The replace they think that they're easily replaced because of that. I feel that's why a lot of fans are just like, oh, fine, don't play. I've been seeing that a lot of in a lot of threads, and it's like, well, you don't. Do you think that they'd honestly be giving millions of dollars to someone who's that easily replaceable? Like they're just going to give thirty million dollars a year for nine years to someone who could be replaced tomorrow? Like, come on, people. No, they don't do that with with mid range guys. You see, like a guy like Luke Voigt, when his contract comes up at thirty four years old, who are they going to pay? Are they going to pay him ten million dollars over, you know, ten million for three years, or are they going to pay the guy who just came up, who was controllable for seven years because they manipulated his service time and is getting paid six hundred thousand dollars and he's producing the same value? Right. Like it's not a it's not a competition. No. and it's just they're not easily replaceable. Uh, people. And this sort of brings like ties back to what we were talking about with Gary as far as just like people, they can't really seem to wrap their head around just how good these guys are. They think that it's just like, oh, they're, they're just run-of-the-mill baseball players. It's like, mm, not really. There's a lot of people that are not nearly as good. And Giancarlo Stanton in the same boat. Oh, oh he strikes out too much. He's always hurt. Like he didn't play almost the entirety of 2018 on a hurt leg and still put up 100 RBIs. No big deal. Recency bias is is a plague on our society, <laughs> especially in Yankees Twitter. There is, Ugh. I mean, the the one knock that I have on Yankees fans is everybody is so passionately stupid. Like there are some really intelligent people who like actually think about the game, and then there's so many really loud people who are just like, I watched one game this week. Giancarlo Stanton sucks. <laughs> he struck out. And they're like, oh, he's looking to celebrate in the walk. And it's like, well, yeah, that was a huge walk. It got a rally going in that playoff series. Like, Yeah, against, we talked to Max about one. that. <laughs> he got like three walks in that twin series in one game. And they were all huge walks. And they all he scored a run on two of them, I think. And it was like, this, is, this was in a huge, huge at-bat in this game. And he worked a walk. And the rest of the team picked them up, brought them all the way around to score. And we won that game because Giancarlo Stanton got a two-out walk. Yeah, but he sucks. Yeah, fuck Remember that, that guy. guys. <laughs> For sure. Do some yoga. <laughs> oh, that's nope. the best when they criticize the workout videos. I can't. People online, it's like John85672 at, you know, at Twitter being like, this guy doesn't know how to work out. And it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Let's see what you look like, buddy. Sitting on his couch, just, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I said the same thing last week. Yankees zero eight nine seven eight. Like, oh, this guy sucks. Do some yoga. <laughs> goat yoga. Goat yoga. Kitten yoga. It's not yoga. good Instagram content. It's not good Instagram Kitten content. Kitten yoga is great Instagram content. What are you talking about? Well, that's what that's what we said over the winter when he bench pressed Adriana Lima, and everyone's like, "Why doesn't this guy do some yoga or do some stretching? Like, why is he working out his muscles?" Like, well, I'm sure he also like stretched, but I'm pretty sure a video of him bench pressing a supermodel is more likely to go viral than him like touching his toes. And also, like, people watch a five second clip 
And like, did they think that he just repeated that same workout? That's what he did for 10 hours today. Like you saw him bench press a 110 pound model. Like who cares? And people were losing their minds about it. Like as if he was on video shooting up heroin. I've never seen anything like it. People were flipping out. Okay. But let's be honest. If he was bench pressing a model for 10 hours, I don't think he would be Instagramming that. That is like a huge flex. Literally. Oh my God. Yeah, that's impressive. People were just mad because they couldn't bench press Adriana Lima in their home gym. Right, right. Exactly. Um, One of the questions I had too, and this is something I was thinking about as well, um, obviously without baseball, but um, so in terms of the season being postponed and delayed a little bit, um, in general for actually both of you, who do you think is the one that was um, has been most affected um, on the Yankees, positively or negatively? I guess maybe one of each because, yeah, there could be either or. Like, which person do you think really positively benefited from this and which person do you think really negatively um, was affected by this? What do you think, Emily? Um, I think positively that it's, if I can sort of, say that it wasn't just one guy. I think all the guys that are under um, still under team control, I think that this positively affects them because they get the service time and it counts for them whether they play or not this year. And it moves them a little bit closer to being able to uh, test those waters in, in even arbitration or another year through arbitration closer to free agency without having to pick up a ball or a bat and that'll log into their career for them. So there wasn't a chance of them getting hurt and it affecting their ability to make money. So I, I think that... The, that positively affects them. And negatively, um, I have to say guys like, you know, Brett Gardner, you know, guys who are at the end of their career and it's going to be tough. You know, they sign a one-year deal or whatever that it, it can be tough for the the team to sort of justify bringing them back when they're another year older and they haven't played a game in a year. And, you know, they're almost 40. And even though Brett is sort of like this fountain of youth kind of player that he's, yeah. <laughs> Believe me, I know how much you love him, and I can appreciate uh, that sort of love towards. Yeah, a, a we player. we don't talk about the end of Brett Gardner's career here. We just we don't do that. <laughs> no, but okay, she's in that so case, right. I'll throw it over she's to you, so James. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's. Uh, I mean, she's so right. It's definitely definitely got to affect him differently because, honestly, like even if he has like one bad half the season, which he does, he does that statistically. He'll have a bad couple months, and typically towards the end of the season. So, you know, that's that's going to affect what's going to happen next year. And, you know, I, I know Brett Gardner wants to retire as a Yankee and who knows if it's going to happen. That wouldn't be my answer, but I can definitely agree with you, Emily, because I understand that baseball is both a business and not. <laughs> Gardy's never going to retire. Don't worry. Yeah, he's always going to be the left fielder of my heart. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so positively. Uh, from a personal standpoint, uh, probably a guy like James Paxton, who, if there was this shortened season, um, he's going to get the opportunity to really showcase his skills without being overused for the duration of a season. Now that he's really working that knuckle curve into his into his repertoire and getting that third velocity tier going, like going into free agency, that's something that's going to play a huge role if he could play half a season and pitch really well. Uh, who knows if the Yankees bring him back after that? I don't know. But negatively, uh, this is all on Clint Frazier. Every single negative is on Clint Frazier. I feel so bad. I love Clint Frazier. We're big Clint Frazier fans here. Are you a Clint Frazier guy? Yeah, I am. I, I like Clint Frazier. I don't have any issues with him. I mean, he, he loves cats, and he showcases them heavily on his yeah. Instagram. So how can you hate Happy him? Happy and teeny. <laughs> no, he's fantastic, and it's just... The guy can't catch a break. He's tapped as the as the replacement for Brett Gardner when Gardner finally retires, and then he suffers a concussion that completely takes away his ability to play defense. Because no one ever like no one ever talks about before that concussion, Clint Frazier's defense was not like it wasn't a topic of conversation. It was just like it's not great, but he's not gonna play you out of a game like he has the last two years. Right. And now we're talking about Aaron Judge's hurt going into this year, if opening day had been as scheduled, Aaron Judge is hurt, Giancarlo Stanton's hurt, like Aaron Hicks is hurt. 
Clint's finally going to get some run. He says the concussion issues are behind him. He thinks he can finally play the field. We know what he can do with the bat. And then a global pandemic shuts the whole league down. I mean, this is the unluckiest person on the face of the earth. Yeah, it is pretty unfortunate. I feel you on that because uh, he is. Such a, I think that he would be great and he could come to his own. And people discount the sort of effect that uh, concussions have like in, over the course of a long time. And I think that's something that we're sort of learning now as a society, you know, as much as the NFL tried to keep those results down, that you're seeing the elongated effects that they have on people. So this would have been the year. Ugh, Clint, Fr- and he's going to be on the he's going to be like that 30 man squad with the 20 man taxi squad. Like if we play, he's going to get like a very small amount of time. And it's just that, that small sample size that kills you. Cause every, every MLB player needs repetition. They need to play every day to really reach their full potential. So you're going to see Clint Frazier maybe once a week. And that's just, it's not good for his trade value. It's not good for his standing with the team. It's just, I mean, everything in this guy's career has been a bad break. And it sucks. Yeah, I agree. And it's that's what's that's one of the heartbreaking things about this sport is because of the nature of needing that large sample size. And like you said, that it does a real disservice to the young guys trying to come up because they have to sort of wow the team and the fans in a short period of time. And that can be really difficult to do. It's it's sort of like a luck of the draw. And sometimes guys they just they just cannot catch that break. And it's just sad. Especially with the Yankees, too. That's an organization where you're like, this is this organization is synonymous with success. They can go out and replace you with money any day that they want to. And you have to come up. You have to you get maybe two at bats a week and you have to show them that you belong at this level or they're going to send you back down and replace you with a guy like Gio Urshela who just took Miguel Andujar's job. And I mean, Gio's great. I love Gio. But it sucks for Miggy that he got hurt and he lost his job. Right. And that's and that sort of speaks to, again, brings it back that when someone is replaced, these guys are there's they're not easily replaced. But if they are replaceable, they get replaced immediately. That's the thing that there aren't. It's not like there's this whole team of guys that are like just as good or better waiting in the wings. It's sort of like if someone ends up being better and gets a shot, the other person is gone. That's just how it is. Not a yeah. great take on baseball. <laughs> <laughs> not, not a great moment. Well, Cold-hearted game. It's interesting because, like, even even the past few years, um, not that like, not that the AAA team was anywhere close to being like a, a team of A Rods or you know Derek Jeters or anything like that. But the AAA team was still a very high caliber. Like we often refer to them as the the AAA, just the Yankee team. Like the New York Yankees down in AAA because they were pretty good. Um, and they, they came to show that when all those injuries kind of took over and even in like 2017 and everything, um, you know, the guys next man up, stepping it up. Um, so that was something that, you know, definitely showed that obviously Brian Cashman knows what he's doing. We're all aware of that. Um, but really it's just become more and more difficult, especially for guys like Clint Frazier who, you know, had those opportunities. And right now we just like, Oh, I feel so bad. He is, he would have been my negative too as well, James. Like that is by far the biggest negative I can see. Um, Who's your positive? My positive actually is Aaron Hicks. Um, I, I think Aaron Hicks, you know, obviously he's, he's coming off of surgery. So, you know, recovery time is definitely uh, a really, really important. You don't want him to come back too soon, but honestly, like he is getting this extra time to really get back to full form. And like we've talked about before, he could potentially be the very first player to return um, after not missing a single game after having Tommy John surgery. That is ridiculous. But, um, you know, that would be great, not only for the Yankees outfield, but, you know, it gives them a little more freedom to, you know, not use Brett Gardner every game, not use Stanton every game if he needs a rest, not use Judge every game if he needs a rest, too. Um, So it really I think it really positively impacted Aaron Hicks because it allowed him to really focus on his recovery. And from watching it on like Instagram live and stuff, he looks like he's moving pretty well. So I'm excited. I'm really excited for him. And I think that huge, huge benefit for him. Aaron yeah, I Hicks agree. Is one of those guys that 
what like we'll say the casual fan doesn't like watching him because he only hits like 250 260 but people like you me emily and max be like i don't think you understand that this is maybe one of the best center fielders in the league defensively and what he can do at the plate from an on-base percentage standpoint is like this is this is the analytics guy right Right. Exactly. I mean, he, his at bats, I love watching his at bats. He's, um, you know, he's got a huge swing when he's got the ball right in his wheelhouse. He is going to take it out, whether it's 314 down the line, sorry, AJ Hinge, or, um, you know, just straight away center. Like he is going to do that. Plus switch hitting bat, something the Yankees desperately need in their lineup. Um, and he's good from both sides. So it's, it's really something that the Yankees do need. And it's really a huge benefit to have his recovery time, um, be extended out a little bit more prior to games. And like we said, he could be a trivia question years from now. So don't forget the name Aaron Hicks. And also it's such a, you know, beyond the obvious, just like with uh, Sanchez and, you know, real Muto that beyond Mike Trout, who else, who else would anyone else want in center field for the Yankees? Like who would be better than Hicks right now in the game in center field for the Yankees besides Mike Trout? They're the other, everyone else is arguable. So it's just like, you don't. people just put the players, like they put like this idea of, of the great player on a pedestal that is really just unreachable for anyone until hindsight. Then when people look back and sort of their legacy, people's views of it get a little bit softer. And it's like, oh, that guy was great years ago. But when you're in the thick of it, everybody hates them. It's such a weird thing with fans that I've sort of noticed over the years. <laughs> That's another thing we went over with Keith. Like, yeah, like I'm one of those weird people who actually like, roots for the players on my team like i want them to do well i think i mean it may may be weird but i want my players to do better than the other players i've always that is thank you for saying that because sometimes you feel like you know and when you're out in the in the wild talking with fans and everything that you feel like you're crazy for sort of like people say oh you're being you know too positive like as if you have rose colored glasses on it's like well no i think that you're just expecting sort of like beer league softball numbers from these guys. And you may need to temper your expectations a little bit and maybe sort of re-evaluate how you value the fan, the players and what you think their valuation is because it's a little off. Especially the high paid players. Like when John Carlos Stanton came over, everybody was so excited. And I would guess that maybe 10% of Yankees fans had actually seen John Carlos Stanton play more than like five games more than like you see the highlights on ESPN like hello look how far he hit that ball but then you look at his actual games and he does exactly what he did for the Yankees he'll go on a two-week stretch where he is the best hitter in baseball without a doubt he'll hit everything 500 feet and then he'll go another two weeks where he can't hit the ball with an oar yeah and I think then you get down into like the nitty gritty of like um, that's something that your casual or, or your regular fans won't really get his approach at the plate that that really matters. And, and there are guys that are getting up there and they're not looking to sort of spray hits and they're not looking for the entire strike zone. They're looking for a certain pitch in a certain spot. And that's how they that's their approach at the plate. So someone like John Carlos Stanton or even Aaron Judge, they're not getting up there with the same sort of mentality that someone like DJ LeMahieu is getting up there with. They're yeah, no, looking, they want to do damage. Exactly. And they're looking for the ball in a certain spot and they are locked in there. And they'll make adjustments, obviously. But, you know, if Aaron Judge were just sort of trying to poke hits, just let me let me just get the bat out there, he would hit freaking 400. But he's not because he's six foot six and he can crank the ball. So he's not trying to just spray hits anywhere. But people, yeah, the I, numbers I say wait of... for your pitch. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Well, I watched uh, Aaron Hicks actually when I was kind of growing up and I didn't even realize it until like he made it to the Twins. But I would watch him when he played AAA through the Twins organization because they were right in my hometown. So he was just like a consistent figure. And um, honestly, I, I think that's part of the appeal, too, is, you know, he he's not going to hit 400. He's not going to hit, you know, 35 home runs. He's He's just not. He could potentially, but... Um, the idea is like, he's consistently there and he's consistently doing what he does, which is walking, getting on base and getting hits when he needs to. And, um, his defense, honestly, 
phenomenal. I, I haven't been happier with a center fielder than I have with him. So um, he was someone that I was unsure about at first, but then kind of doing a little more research came, knew what to expect. And I think like you were mentioning, that's the problem is people are not um, exactly knowing what to expect. They're just seeing the super positives and you know, what? Hey, there's some negatives that come along with it too. But um, I've definitely liked seeing Aaron Hicks and um, even Stanton come over and, you know, just do their job. That's what they're doing, doing their job, do what they do. Right. And, you know, center field is a premium position. So with the premium positions, um, it's so funny because I feel like the same fans that say that they're tired of like the home run hitters and the power hitters, they then get annoyed when player, every player that is in the outfield or whatever, isn't like a power hitter because like someone like a center fielder, a shortstop, a catcher, you sort of are, you, you're okay with those guys not being as, you know, prolific at the plate because you are able to sacrifice that because their defense is good because it's a premium position. So that's why you stack the other positions because the defense isn't as necessary. So you can sort of sacrifice a little bit there for a better hitter, but people, they, they want it all. They want like the legend, the, the baseball legends, they want every single player to play to that level. And if they don't, they're an asshole and they suck. Fair, fair point. <laughs> so I did want to mention too, um, I don't know if y'all have noticed, I use the term y'all. Um, That's news I, to me. <laughs> I would like to, I'm putting in my application to become the queen of Yankees TikTok. So I just wanted to make everyone aware. Um, Yankees TikTok is not what it could be. And I feel like it could be so much better. Talk and Jake and I are going to work through this. We're going to get it done together. Um, but I have a really awesome TikTok coming up. I just wanted to make sure everybody knows. I joined TikTok because A-Rod joined TikTok. You and did. then I did. And I was like, now what? And now I'm going to stay, though, because you are on TikTok and have TikToks. So now I'll actually check it. And I'll like things. Absolutely. Only Yankees TikToks. I did one for Alex Bregman the other day. And then I texted James. And I was like, James, I'm really worried. My TikTok now has a bunch of likes and people are commenting mean things on it because <laughs> I was just making fun of Alex Bregman. But, you know, you, you just got to do it. It's the most entertaining thing right now. Well, that one I'll you did this. the other day was good. The one with the Ryan Rucco call. Yep, that's that was what I was really about good. to say. It was excellent. Was, I watched it like 10 times in a row. She's not going to gas herself up for that. She won't yeah. gas herself up for it, so I will. Like, Rucco replied to it and said, this is amazing. Katie Sharp replied to it, like... Everybody loved that one. Yeah, you Alice killed is the it. Queen it of Yankees so TikTok. <laughs> I, uh, and the funny part is I only had to practice it twice to get all of the words right. Like, I knew all the words in advance. I wasn't sure which call to do, and then I was trying to figure it out. I was like, what was the most exciting game last year? And I was like, oh, yeah. Aaron Hicks. Oh, of yeah. course, Aaron Hicks after that whole conversation we just had. Yeah, that was very serendipitous. Single-handedly won that game for them. I mean, that was phenomenal. But... Yeah, I only had to practice it twice, so um, and I tried That's to be as energetic as possible. But no, I my upcoming one, um, I did do. Oh, M, we got tagged in a tweet together just like two minutes ago. Just so you're aware. Is it the verified ones? Yeah, it like you can be verified. Oh my god. Oh, I love <laughs> Eric. She sounds so bored. She's like, oh, I've been tagging those all day. Like, I just, ugh, I can't. I, like, I just turn off my nose. I know I should be verified. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but Twitter, you know, fun place. We'll stay there, of course. But yeah, I, people are just getting weird. But that's where I'm going to post my TikToks as well. So you can certainly see those there too. I definitely will. And, I, and I'll, I'll do more. I'll do my best to share them more because I now, I feel like, you know, I'm 34, so I've sort of passed the window and, and I can't dance. So being 34 plus not really being able to just like make up a dance, I feel like I, my TikTok view, my TikTok making career was over before it began, but I can certainly be a viewer and a sharer. I was actually going to make a dance. I was telling James this the other day, going to make up a dance to the, uh, the sad sax music on the Yes Network for the rain delay. And I was like, what can I do? Like, that would actually be really funny. 
the sad sax music <laughs> because we all know that's the worst song like that just brings back such horrid memories but right now i'm missing it yeah i would kill for the sad sax music right now they should just play that throughout this entire break like just that music over the shot of just like a continuous rain delay on the field and just <laughs> as if they're going to a commercial break on a rain delay but it's just that for six months <laughs> That would get prime viewing on the Yes Network. I would. I would keep it on while I work. I, yeah, day. exactly. Because you don't know when it's coming back. You're just going to yeah, sit there and stare second. for a long time. <laughs> All right. Uh, Allison, do you have any last questions for Emily before we ask her our brand new question that we ask mm, all our guests. Mm. Um, I don't think so. Uh, I just want to say that I, like I said, I listened to your podcast. It's awesome. Um, really love, honestly, you have like a great podcast voice. I know that's so weird to say, but like you do, um, great podcast voice, great energy and really, really great thoughts and really awesome. So if you guys haven't checked it out, um, it is breaking balls. Um, give it five so look, stars. Yeah. Give it five Everybody. stars. Give it a review. Just do it. Um, but definitely great work. And I can't wait to hear some of the episodes coming up. And you and your cousin sound like you have a, you, you seem to validate each other very well. And that's wonderful. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And I appreciate that because you guys are in my line. <laughs> um, yes, everybody go give. We know how many people are listening. We know the numbers. If you're not going to give us five stars, go give Emily the five stars. We know you're out there. Just do it. Do it for us. Yeah, everybody, please. Yes, please. (laughs) And our brand new last question that we ask everybody, we used to ask people about bat flips, but then we decided that it was a little too universal that everybody loved bat flips now. So you're the first person to hear our brand new question. Okay, I'm ready. Who's your favorite obscure Yankee of all time? My favorite obscure Yankee? Probably Bubba Crosby. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, I will tell you, James, we didn't text about this before either because that was my answer when <laughs> James asked me. Well, because, like, oh my God. he's the one, like, there's so many, like, you say them, there's so many names that flood through your head, but then he was, I, like, rem- I remember him. I remember him playing, I, but he was a nobody. So that just, I, I, I had to because he popped up as if he was a somebody, but he was in reality a nobody. He's the guy. He's the one. Bubba Crosby. He used to keep his pants pulled up, right? He had the socks. That was like his thing, right? He was like pre-Brett Gardner before Brett Gardner was Brett Gardner. (laughs) Yeah, he he paved the way for Brett. Exactly. (laughs) Oh, I know a TikTok trend. Now I'm going to do it. Okay. Oh, boy. All right. I'm on the edge of my seat over here. (laughs) (laughs) But no, hey, Bubba Crosby, Total winner in my book. Absolutely agree there. That is an excellent pick. Thank that you. That is a good I, one. I like that's, to think so too. Thank you. Yeah, Bubba Crosby was awesome <laughs> for no reason. <laughs> Actually, I, uh, spring training, there were two lines. There was a line to uh, get Mickey Rivers' autograph, and there was a line to get Bubba Crosby's autograph. Guess where I went? There was actually a line? No. <laughs> oh. There was supposed to be a line. There was like line starts here and then Allison was the only person there. There was just a couple people, but like the Mickey Rivers line was so long. My parents were like, yeah, yeah, go. And I was like, but mom, it's Bubba. Like you like actually thought he was online for Mickey. You're like, excuse me, can I cut in front of you? He's like, I'm actually a former player. (laughs) I would like get in line for Mickey, wait the entire time and get up there and be like, wait a minute. Like, no, I I wanted to meet Bubba. Where's Bubba? (laughs) And like Mickey Rivers would just give me the look. For sure. Who? Who's that? But yes, I have his autograph. So Bubba Crosby, I totally agree. Oh, I love that answer. Thank you so much. No problem. Also, Aaron Small for like a, a second uh, runner-up. Okay, all right. He had, he had a good run in like 2005. That was unreal. And then he sort of was like, goodbye. You'll never hear from me again. Oh, man. No, those are good answers. Awesome. I like this question better. Good job, James. Yeah, this is a good question. This is I, I love bat flips, too, but I do like this one. Yeah. Well, the thing is, when we started the podcast, I was doing it with my old roommate. And it was right when, like, it was well before Tim Anderson's controversial bat flip, where everyone was like, all right, let's just get on the same page about bat flips once and for all. Uh, so it was like a relevant question to be like, hey, are you a bat flip person? Or do you want to just, you know, keep it low key? And now it's just not. Now 
we watched the KBO and they only hit two home runs a game, but they pimped the shit out of both of them. Well, it's about time. It was a long run there because, to be honest, what what sort of sparked my need to share my opinion on a broader scale, like the internet, was Jose Batista's bat flip in the 2015 playoffs. That, like, I was like, all right, I need to sort of shout this from the mountaintops. And I like wrote an article for this this website called like Last Word on Sports, which was you know like this up and coming like sports news, and it was off to the races from there. I haven't looked back since. Oh man, that was actually my experience with Clint Frazier. Clint Frazier wasn't getting any respect, so I I had known Allison from Yankees Twitter, and I was I DM'd her. I was like, I want to write for your website, and I want to write about Clint Frazier. She was like, Dope, let's go. See, that's all it takes. Sometimes just get a little hot under the collar about one thing, and I'm like, All right, that's it. I need to. Everyone needs to hear my opinion now. Yeah, I wrote an article um, back when I kind of. Actually, it wasn't when I first started, but I wrote an article on Clint Frazier right after the whole haircut thing, or it was the number seven thing, um, where people were complaining about him wanting number seven, and they clearly were, oh, a joke. <laughs> you know, all these angry old men, just very angry on the internet. But I wrote an article about how the media was painting him to be a villain when he's really done nothing wrong. And his ex girlfriend retweeted it, and I was like, "Guys, I made it! I made it! Thank you, Faith. She started." Oh, Faith thing. was awesome. I know, I love Faith. I still love Faith. She's great, but like... mm. (laughs) All right, well, we are closing in on over an hour now. So, Emily, thank you for donating so much of your time to us. Uh, You're definitely... You and Max are now our go-to numbers people together, (laughs) jointly. Wow, I'm honored by that distinction. And guys, thank you. This was so much fun. I would come on any other time. This is great. And when I start having guests on my show, you guys are on first on the list. Yeah, absolutely. Let's go. All right. Don't forget to give Emily five stars on her podcast, Breaking Balls. You can find it on Apple, probably Spotify. I don't really know where else it is. I found it on Apple, but it's fantastic. So go listen and give her five stars. Thank you guys so much. All All right. See you later. Bye. Hello and goodbye. Bye, guys. (laughs) Bye.